0: Welcome to Sound of Truth Weekly Interview, where we have conversations with ordinary people to learn how our extraordinary God is at work in people's lives and in the world today. I'm your host, Brett Morani, and I'm excited you've joined us. Well, I'm excited to have my friend Sean Wasson back with us. He previously shared his personal testimony of coming to faith in Jesus Christ, but we've invited him back to share about a ministry he has He serves as a police chaplain in his region. And so, Sean, welcome back to Sound of Truth. We're glad to have you again.
1: Thanks for having me, Brett.
0: So, Sean, you are currently, and have done this for some time, been serving as a police chaplain. How long have you been
1: doing this? I've been doing this since 2010. I started out with our local sheriff's office, and then uh, in the next couple of years, I added two other police departments that are in our same county.
0: Now, you're a volunteer doing this. You don't get paid, correct? That is correct. So what motivated you to take this on? I know you're a local pastor there, but what motivated you to, uh, did you have any special interest in this area? Because there's different chaplaincies, but what drew you to this?
1: Well, I always had an interest in law enforcement. Uh, I guess as a little child, always look at the police officers as the good guys and the heroes. And then um, when I was uh, thinking about doing all this at the time, my sister-in-law just had gone through the police academy and was an officer in Joplin, Missouri. So I went and talked to one of our main chaplains, a Catholic priest by the name of Father John, learned a little bit more about it and then met with the sheriff and decided we we're fit, did the background check and kind of got in there. And eventually I joined the International Conference of Police Chaplains and got some official training and things like that. So but basically one thing I forget to tell too and I had mentioned this when I interviewed with the sheriff, when I was very little, my mother, or before I was born, I guess my mom worked for the St. Louis Police Department, like a clerical job, and then she went on to work for a, a large corporation. So that was kind of in the background, too. There was just always that little bit of an interest, and something that people may not understand what, as far as, you know, why that kind of chaplaincy, people may not realize that law enforcement officers are under a lot of stress. There's a high rate of divorce, a high rate of suicide. There's just a lot of stress that goes along with that career and they really need ministry as well.
0: Sure, yeah. So you're a full-time pastor, but this is something you do in addition to that. How often are you doing this work, the chaplaincy part?
1: It's really not that frequent just as things pop up. Sometimes I might take the initiative to do a ride-along or maybe to go to some training and then whenever there's events within the community either recognizing law enforcement or we have an organization in town called seniors and lawmen together that's our senior citizens have a relationship and a lot of times if they have an activity or event i'll come in as a chaplain and participate with with that as well so just a little bit of community involvement and and then from time to time i check on like the two chiefs of police and the sheriff and I always try to make myself available to them if there's any kind of a a need, but I would say it's a very infrequent thing. And the lead chaplain, uh, when I first talked to him, he said, we're kind of like fire extinguishers. And they kind of forget we're there, but when they need us, they're really glad they have us.
0: Okay. So what are some examples of some of the times they need you when it sounds to me like it's almost like crisis situations, perhaps?
1: Yes. A lot of times what they would want is if they have to do a death notification Sometimes that's hard for the officer to do and to talk about, and so they would want a chaplain to come along with them and just to kind of keep things calm, or maybe to direct the family to their local pastor. And so that's that's one of the big things that they're concerned about. Ride-alongs are something that that we do, kind of just to get to know the officers and to build relationships. If there's ever like a situation in the community some kind of crisis or or whatever, then we can come along the, the scene. One thing I will tell you though is I have found that a lot of officers in general don't want to involve the chaplains or maybe they don't think about it. Most things they feel like they can handle themselves. And if you bring more civilians on the scene, then there's more paperwork to do and people will kind of watch out for. So it's not necessarily an easy thing to insert yourself into their work, but there are times where they would call for you, but that's more rare. So it is a challenge just to, just to put in the time and to be there. And what we've always been encouraged to do is just to to have a ministry of presence, just drop by the police stations, say hello, Mm. and just, just let them know that, Hey, your community cares about you. There's somebody representing God who's praying for you and thinking about you as you're out there putting your life on the line. And we don't realize as chaplain how much that means to the people. But now the leadership in our departments that I serve are all believers. They're all Christians. And so I'll hear that all the time, how just just being there boosts them. They, they feel like the morale is good just to see the chaplain walk by.
0: Mm-hmm. Several years ago, in another church I was pastoring, one of the members of our congregation was a law enforcement officer who sadly had to discharge his firearm in an incident, and the individual who, the threatening individual, let's say that, was was shot and killed by my friend and church member, and the Lord put me in a position to minister him in the immediate aftermath of that, and the Lord really brought to mind a scripture for me. To share with him that ended up being very comforting for him which was Romans chapter 13 where it talks about God gives the authority to the government to bear the sword is the word they're used in Romans 13 modern equivalent would be to carry a gun to defend and protect and he's doing the will of God if a wrongdoer brings about judgment to where the government meaning in this case application of the police force uses uh, the weapons they have in order to protect others and themselves then that's actually the wrath of god coming upon the evildoer and so i was able to share that passage of scripture and and say you did your job and you did the right thing and you were you were actually accomplishing god's will when you did it as tragic as it is you did you did what you're supposed to do and what what our society has what we pay you to do in an instance like that and so
1: it was very comforting to hear
0: what what are some ways in which you know something like that in, in chaplaincy what kind of and I know you have you have a code that you you've shared with me before that you cannot go into detail with.
1: Uh... Yeah, yeah, we're supposed to keep things confidential as police chaplains, but you know that does remind me. You know that Romans passage I think is very important. Some people do not understand how one can be a Christian and also carry a gun and use a gun in maybe in war or as a police officer, and so that's that's something that's we have to clarify sometimes, especially in a situation like that. You might think that officers discharging their weapons would be a common occurrence, but really, it rarely ever happens. But like you said, when it does happen, there is an aftermath. It takes an emotional toll on them and they need somebody there right away to comfort them and to reassure them because I don't know any police officer that takes any pleasure in taking a life or or wounding someone. I think most of them, you know, they're there to protect and serve. And at the end of the day, their goal is to come home alive, you know? And so it's very traumatic when something like like that does take place. And and I think that every department should have uh, police chaplains, or at least somebody that that an officer can talk to under a stressful situation like that. And it makes me think of of something that I had learned in a one of my trainings, we studied the Ferguson incident, you know, the Mike Brown uh, shooting and, and then the protests that went on later. And we were trained in our chaplaincy that we need to decide as chaplains, are we going to be activists or are we going to be chaplains? And what I mean by that is that there are some people that take on the role of chaplain. They're not official. Maybe they, they don't work through your police department. But they just kind of put on the gear or dress up like a police chaplain and they insert themselves in the situations. And there were some scenarios where clergy were in there yelling at the police officers that were standing guard in that area and uh, just saying all kinds of terrible things to these young 20 year olds. And uh, it was very emotionally upsetting to these officers because they kind of had that sense "Is God displaced with me, am I doing something God would not want me to do? And and so the, just the theological thing of, you know, God has established people to maintain the law, that gets very confusing in many people's minds. And so I think that there's a definite role for clergy to step in as chaplains and and to kind of help the officers with this. And there have been other scenarios where, you know, some of the community type people had events and then the police would come in to kind of try to explain themselves and things like that. And I always try to attend those as a police chaplain in case somebody tries to use some kind of theological position to scold the officers. I think, you know, those of us who hold to a real biblical view do not see uh, officers as a problem, but we see them as a blessing. Does that make sense?
0: Absolutely. Now we know, of course, there are corrupt officers. There are officers who are not taking their uh I guess vows or, or, or the responsibility, God given responsibility seriously. But I would imagine Well I heard go ahead.
1: Yes. I heard I heard a pastor friend at an event and he was preaching about, you know, officers hunting down young black men and so forth and and I have some actually have some young black men in my family, you know, through marriage and adoption and things. And and uh I remember this this pastor, you know, talking about that kind of matter of factly in his message. And I contacted him, I said, I want to assure you that I'm a police chaplain, and if you know of any corrupt officers, please let me know who they are, and we'll do something about it. Because I know that our law enforcement, they're doing everything within their power to try to relate to the community, to have good relationships, and and good peaceful relationships. One of our African-American chaplains is really instrumental, and a lot of times, God will use him to bridge the gap between some of the community and some of the law enforcement. You know, just kind of say, hey, you know, we're all trying to make our community better. We're all on the same page. We're all in this, you know, together and, and let's help each other keep our community safe. And and uh, it's a challenge sometimes because there are people that do look at the officers as completely corrupt or as if they're, you know, somehow um, oppressors. And that's, you know, we would not want that at all either. So really as a, as a chaplain, you have that responsibility to the law enforcement, you know, to serve them, but you're also sort of, you can be a go-between between the community and the police department and kind of be an ambassador on their behalf, not being a sworn officer yourself. You're still a civilian. I'm on the roster As a civilian, my name's on their roster. They know my blood type, but I'm certainly not an officer. I don't get to uh, officially wear the gear. By the way, uh, our sheriff never wanted our chaplains to wear police uniforms. Now, in some departments, a police chaplain can be paid, they can be a sworn officer and with a full blown uniform and everything. But in our area, they don't want us to dress like police because that might put our lives in danger. Because sometimes, you know, people in crime, Target police, and so they're very concerned about our chaplains. You know, not and, and then for chaplains, I need to add this because this is important. I know we have a limited amount of time. Chaplains must remember that they're not police officers, mm-hmm. and we don't go around bullying people, throwing our weight, threatening things. We don't assume we get out of a speeding ticket or that we're above the law. We we have to set the example as Christ would have us set the example, and not use chaplaincy to benefit ourselves. And one of the hardest things for me, Brett, is that we are not to use the chaplaincy to grow our church. Mm -hmm. Uh, We have to be very neutral about that. If we are serving somebody in law enforcement and they're maybe part of another world religion, or maybe they're an atheist or whatever, we've got to be sensitive to where they are spiritually. And if It's a situation where we can't necessarily give them the, say, someone's Jewish. I contact a rabbi and have a rabbi come and minister. So I have to keep in mind the the need of the person that I'm serving. And a lot of people are more comfortable really having their own pastor come. And so I can come in there and and get to know them a little bit and then make a phone call. And once their pastor shows up, hand it off to their pastor.
0: Now, Sean, one of the things you've made reference to is ride-alongs. Tell us a little bit about what you mean by ride-alongs. I assume that means you're going and you're jumping in the car with a police officer when he goes on patrol and you're riding along.
1: Yes. I've, I've had the opportunity to do that in different places. Uh, got to do that in Louisiana during a chaplaincy training. Got to ride along actually with my sister-in-law when she was on duty, spent quite a bit of time with her, did a background check for her department and was able to do that and, and observe things. And then of course here in, in uh, the town I serve and, um, usually what we do, we just kind of keep the officer company. A lot of times they feel the Awkward, like they're being watched at work, as you can imagine. Somebody comes to your workplace and hangs out with you, but usually it doesn't take too long to build a little bit of a relationship and for them to open up a little bit about some of the stresses or pressures that they face. And then when they come on a scene, they usually tell us if they want us to stay in the car or come with them. And uh, most of the time, we can come with them and just kind of see how they interact with the community. And it's amazing sometimes just how rude people can be to police officers. Uh, You and I were talking about, you know, how can the general community relate to law enforcement or how how, how should we relate to law enforcement? And uh, I think it's important for us all to remember that these people are under a lot of stress and a smile, a kind word, thank you for your service. Any gesture goes a very long way with them because we don't even realize sometimes how they may have been yelled at, cussed out, talked to. And like I said, what's even sad is sometimes those who... <laughs> claim to be clergy are hard on the officers as well. So we can't really do enough to encourage them and thank them for the job that they're doing.
0: Excellent. Well thank you, Sean. It's been great having you on here and share a little bit about your experiences as a police chaplain and what that entails. I want to encourage our listeners to think about ways to pray for law enforcement officers. If you know one personally, maybe ask them, how can I pray for you? Put them on your prayer list or Develop a friendship with them or find ways to bless them and encourage them. And also, think about ways in which you also can volunteer in different parts of the community. You don't have to be a pastor to volunteer in many ways in the community, but perhaps God will take your interest, just as Sean had an interest in law enforcement, and that led to him becoming a volunteer police chaplain. Perhaps one of the things we learn out of this is, where are your interests And then how can you use your interest as a way to minister to others? Sean, thanks again for coming on and look forward to having you perhaps on future podcasts as well.
1: Thanks a lot, Brett. I appreciate it.
0: Thanks for listening to this episode of Sound of Truth. If you enjoyed it, please rate and review it. Also, tell your friends about it. Thanks. Music is by Canon and is used by permission. Sound of Truth Podcast is produced in collaboration with Harvest Jacksonville and is copyrighted by Brett Amirani, 2022.